Good afternoon and welcome to Find Your Sparkle with Jen, where we'll inspire, inform, and entertain you. I'm Jennifer Stewart, your host, owner of Jazz Potential and creator of Find Your Sparkle. And I am super excited to have with me today my friend Suzanne Morrison. Welcome, Suzanne. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. It's always great to see you. And like I tell people who I have on my show, I always give them one of the reasons why I like to have, why they're on my show. And of course, it's because you're such a lovely person and you have such great energy and you're always happy. You're always upbeat. And those are the people that I really want to have on the show. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about kids. Yes. Life. Yes. And reinventing ourselves. For sure. Now, we were talking just before we started about reinventing yourself and how sometimes people think it's a one-time thing, mm. but it's not. It no. happens continuously at yeah. various stages. Yes. I would like to know some of your pivotal points and some of the stages of your life where you've sat there and th said, you know what? Okay, it's time to reinvent myself again. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, I think we probably don't give ourselves enough credit as, um, as women, um, because we are juggling a lot. And, um, in my experience, um, you know, juggling has, um, kind of been, you know, why I've chosen to kind of reinvent myself several times over, um, the past 20 years. Um, you know, the first time I was working in a, an ad agency and I was really, I had two young children. My husband was an entrepreneur and I, you know, I said, I can't, I can't do this all. I, I can't be a really good mother. I can't be a really good employee and a really good wife and a really good person, feel good about myself. So I decided to go home and start my own business, just doing communications, kind of, uh, my sister and I started an event management company. We did that for several years. It was really fun. In the process of that, my father passed away. Um, so I felt, you know, um, you know, a couple of years later, I said, I, I've got to, you know, to try something new try something that will kind of work with my family. And so anyway, I decided, you know, I was really interested in fashion. I've always been interested in fashion and, and makeup. And so I asked, you know, I said to my husband, I said, what do you think about me going back to school to become a makeup artist? You know, totally different. I'd always been in communications. You know, I have a Bachelor of Arts with a major in English from St. of X. So it was totally out of kind of what I had planned to do. And he said, yeah, let's let's try it. So in the process of doing that, um, at 47 years old, everybody in the classroom was 18. <laughs> That's always fun. <laughs> totally. Uh, I was like, you know, I, I could have been their mother. Um, uh, so, um, and in the process of that, I found out I was pregnant. So at 47, I'm at makeup school. I'm with 18 year old kids and I have to, you know, come in and say, uh, oops, I'm pregnant. <laughs> um, and, um, and, you know, so again, it, I was reinventing myself again. Absolutely. Um, so, um, and then I, you know, I did that for, uh, several years and loved it. And, you know, it was, it was available for my, my newborn, um, available for my teenage kids. Um, and then, you know, two years ago, an opportunity became to go back to marketing. So now I do it all. You know, I do, wow. I do makeup, I do marketing. I, um, uh, I'm a mom, uh, to a five-year-old, uh, you know, 16-year-old and a 19-year-old. So, I really, I'm passionate about telling, um, you know, women and men that it's never too late to, uh, you know, reinvent yourself. Oh my golly. And it's never too late to go back to school. I Absolutely. couldn't, I could 
not tell you how many times people have said, well, I'm too old. I thought, well, first of all, with that attitude, yes. it makes it difficult. But I, I liked, I'm not old. No. <laughs> I'm, well, Andre and I were talking the other day and I said, ageless is a new word that yes. I really like. Yeah. And it's reflective of really who I am because I really don't think about that age as a number and, and holding me back because I'm just, I'm me and I want to be me and, and really, you know, dig into the, the essence of me so I can enjoy life and really, you know, be in touch with who I am. Absolutely. Now, one of the things, some of our listeners are probably saying, what? You were 47 and you had another baby. (laughs) (laughs) Now I remember when that happened and it was kind of, everybody was like, wow, wow, that must've been and, and you and I have never talked in depth about yeah. that, but just to give our listeners and me yeah. a sense of what were the things going through your head at that time? Well, it was a really interesting time for me, um, and um, I can clearly remember um, a good friend of mine um, I were, uh, who was actually going through um, cancer treatment at the time, picked me up uh, in the evening, um, one evening in uh, January, and we were heading over to uh, a friend of mine's 50th birthday party. And, uh, and, you know, we were driving over and I was, I wasn't feeling well. I was, and I didn't want to really share anything with her because she was going through such a struggle. And, um, so, uh, when I got to the party, we were joking around and, you know, we were really trying to make, even though it was my 50th, my other 50th girlfriend's party, um, birthday party, we were trying to make it, uh, really uh, light because of my other friend having um, such problems. And I just joked around. I said, you know, I feel, I really feel tired. I, I feel, you know, kind of nauseous. You know, if I didn't know better, I think I'd, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and I really thought that I, this was a joke. I did not actually think I was pregnant at all. And, uh, you know, that night I went back home and I thought, geez, I have all the symptoms of being pregnant. And, um, you know, with my two boys and my husband in tow, we went to, you know, we do a lot of stuff together. We went to the drugstore and we bought three pregnancy tests. Three. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just to make sure. And, um, and I really still did not think I was pregnant. And, you know, of course the three, um, came back positive and, um, and, you know, it, it was a life changer and, um, you know, kind of through the, the whole pregnancy, I didn't, I didn't really stop to think of what was going to be the future for right. our, our family. Um, I just kind of enjoyed every moment of being pregnant. Probably, I knew this was probably going to be the last time I was pregnant <laughs> at 47. Um, but um, yeah, it and and again, like everything, it just was, it was such a blessing. And, uh, you know, for my boys, they say life began with North and um, and he's such a little cutie, adorable. It's hard to believe he's in school now. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, where did the time go? And well, uh, but like, yeah, you know, again, it's you know, I've said this to many people. It is, it's never, you know, of course, obviously, your you know, biological time clock stops ticking, but you know, it's never. Um, I, I don't think it's ever too late to adopt. It's never too like children are in for most people are such a blessing. Yeah, and for me, it, they really have been. So um, yeah, I'm just. Uh, I I I think, as you said, ageless is really um, an important word, and it's something that we need to kind of reinforce in ourselves every day because it's not easy all the time. No, to, it isn't. Um, but um, that's that's what gets us through. And you just said it's not easy every day. And mm. we know that it's not easy every day. Now, for you, especially during that time when you were pregnant, and even right from the time, well, I mean, throughout your lifetime, but I'm sure that there's probably had to have been some adapting, not just for you, but for everyone. And when you feel that you're overwhelmed and, you know, 
life is just coming at you in a million different directions. What are some of the things that you do to keep yourself sane and to sort of ground yourself? I mean, you're, you're a positive individual and I know that that that's not easy all the time Mm -hmm. because we're surrounded and bombarded with negativity. Yes. Um, I think that's a really good point. Um, because, uh, I am bombarded every day and I've kind of learned that's kind of been my life, Mm -hmm. um, kind of dealing with, you know, putting out fires, you know, both my sister and I are, you know, we've been in event management, as you know, um, and um, and we've done a lot of jobs that basically, you know, the job is putting out fires. Um, yes. uh, but um, one of the things that I really do at the end of the day, I go home and I usually um, have a, a bath and just kind of take everything in and say, you know, I, I, I've got to re-energize myself. Um, I'll do something that maybe... Um, uh, just for me in, it may be a half hour, it may be an hour or whatever, where I just take some time to myself and I, and I re-energize and I come back and I'm ready to go with my family, you know, uh, again, and I'm ready to start the day again. Um, but I do need to take a little bit of time and it could be cooking, you know, that's our baking or something like that. You know, um, people say, why are you baking? And I, cause that's a real kind of, um, that takes me to a, be- a really good place, um, for the day. So I like doing that. So that kind of re-energizes me. So, um, I just do something again f- for a few minutes to, to re-energize myself. And I think that's really important. You know, it's so important. And many of the people that I work with have this, I guess it's an old belief and, and a limiting belief that taking time for yourself can be selfish. So part of it is educating people that you really need to take time for yourself. I mean, it's that, you know, that adage when you're on a plane, the first thing they tell you is if there's something happens, put the mask on yourself, then Mm -hmm. help those around you. So that means basically that you really do have to take care of yourself. And it's sad how many people don't take that. Here you are working a full-time job, doing your part-time makeup stuff Mm -hmm. with, with your husband. You've got three kids, yet you still make time for yourself. And I'm sure that it's not always easy to fit that time in. I'm I'm guessing. No, no. I think it's, I think what we've, we've, the mistake we've made is, um, is just kind of, uh, thinking that it has to, you know, time for yourself is going to a spa, um, or time for yourself is, you know, going, you know, doing, you know, exercise or outside the home. My time for myself is inside my home, um, where I still can be reached. But I can I can really um, kind of step away from you know uh, the kids and and base and and my husband because they're all you know stalking me <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but and just and I find like you know again baking is one of those things where I can just kind of you know put myself in it everybody is waiting for the the results yeah so they're all happy to see me do it <laughs> um, but that's my zen and, and it's not a chore for you totally no. I mean for me it's more of a chore exactly but you know we all have our things that that's we right. love to do and yes. things that make us shine things that make us sparkle exactly that's right cooking or baking is definitely not one of mine being outside going for a walk so I think it's important to to recognize that it doesn't have to be like you say. It doesn't have to cost money. No. Nope. It doesn't have to be outside the home. That's right. But what it, what is important is that you take that time and you make that time every single day. Yes. And that really does make me sparkle. Awesome. When you have, do you have days where you can't absolutely fit it in? Uh, yes. But, but not very often not by very the sounds often. of that. Not very often. I mean, I really, um, no. I, I can honestly say I do make time every day for myself. It, it may be... Um, it may be strange in what I decide is for myself, but, um, I definitely do. 
Awesome. Uh, that's, that's a really important message. And like I say, if somebody as busy as you can take that time, then surely we can all dedicate, even if it's 15 minutes to mm -hmm. start off with, and then you get to a half an hour. An hour would be lovely. Yes. But sometimes that's not practical mm -hmm. unless you're doing something like baking where you're in your Zen and that energizes you. Yes. So when we're going to wrap up here for a moment, but when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about kids and schooling and multitasking and how you keep your sanity Great in today's times. <laughs> you are listening to Find Your Sparkle with Jen, and my guest today is Suzanne Morrison, and we'll be right back on CIOE 97.5 FM. Welcome back to Find Your Sparkle with Jen, and I'm here with my friend, Suzanne Morrison. Welcome back. Thank you. Now, over the break, we were talking about kids and schooling, and I know for your... For your children, you've had some that have gone through private school mm -hmm. and one that is in public school right mm -hmm. now. And you're actually working at Armbre Academy. Yes, yes. So this is, um, so my um, eldest boy, who's 19 and off to university in British Columbia, um, started at Armbre in grade seven. Um, and then currently my youngest boy um, is in primary at Armbre. And this is my second year as marketing and recruitment manager at Armbre, um, working, uh, you know, kind of spreading the message about, um, independent schooling and, and what that's all about and the advantages that, um, you know, again, some children really, uh, flourish in an independent schooling environment. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a choice, um, that parents make, um, and it's not easy. Um, but for my oldest son, it was really amazing. It's an amazing experience. Now, what was, what was, what precipitated the decision to even inquire about private school? Totally. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, again, my husband and I both, you know, grew up in, in a situation where we would, our parents would never even have considered independent school. Um, and, um, but Hogan actually in grade six had come to us. He was in French immersion at the time and he had said, look, I'd really, and this is, I know it sounds strange that a child in grade six would say this, but he's like, I'm really interested in kind of, you know, talking to you about going to, a, you know, again, a private school. And I was like, where did <laughs> that, that come from? from? <laughs> um, and, uh, so anyway, he, you know, he, I think it came from the idea that he was a little, um, he was afraid of junior high. Um, oh. he was afraid of kind of what, um, you know, he was going to go to Fairview junior high. And at the time that, you know, that there was a, you know, a lot of, I think it was urban myths that were going around about, you know, what junior high kind of consisted of. And, um, you know, the last thing you want your kid to be is afraid of going to school. Oh my golly. Yes. So, uh, so we, so we, he went to all three schools, he, um, independent schools. Um, uh, he went to Sacred Heart, uh, grammar school and, um, Armbre. And oh. he, yeah. Oh, so he did spend that. a days. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he chose Armbre himself. Um, and, uh, so, and then, went there for six years and those were amazing years, uh, for him. And it just got, you know, it kept on getting better and he kept on kind of flourishing, um, and doing really well in that environment. And, um, you know, then, you know, graduated, um, you know, one of the top kids in his class, he was head boy in his grade 12 year. And, uh, and then, you know, got a scholarship to, um, Quest University in British Columbia. So it was a very positive experience for him. And, I think, again, 
every child is so individual, as you know, yes. um, you know, with your own children, um, you don't, uh, you can't kind of pigeonhole what their needs or, you know, wants are going to be. So, um, you know, for me and I, you know, as a, a marketing and recruitment manager at Arm right now, I really say to parents, you know, um, you know, give it a try, um, you know, spend the day, have a tour of the schools, um, in your area and then, um, make the decision, um, whether this is going to be something that you want to do and you can do. And again, I, I kind of, the myth of that it is, you know, there's no doubt about it. You have to pay yes. for, um, the school. Um, but it, it can be, um, it, you know, you can work out ways to, uh, uh, to afford it. So, um, you know, I encourage people just to, if you are, have concerns about your kid, um, to give it, give it a shot. Now, what kind of kids flourish at these schools? I think, um, again, each school has a different, um, each school has a different, uh, advantage. Um, in our school, I think, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, Hogan struggled with, and I think a lot of kids struggle with when they come to the school, and he, again, he came in grade seven, was he was a really smart kid, and he found that he really was afraid to, um, show other kids that it was cool to be smart. Okay. And, you know, we kind of, we have to, ourselves have to kind of, um, you know, it's kind of juggling. This is a challenging time in, you know, children's lives and, you know, when they're 12 and 13 years old. And, you know, their their peers are so important to them. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So, so for him, it was just kind of um, an opportunity to, you know, not feel uncomfortable to raise his hand. So, you know, we, we say in our uh, video, you know, this is a place where people are nurtured um, for their um, academics and um, it's okay to be smart. It's cool to be smart. Right. Yep. So is there customized learning at Ombre? Um, there is to a degree. I mean, the curriculum, I mean, the difference between, I think, um, independent private schools and public schools is that curriculum can be manipulated. Right. It can't be in the public system because of the nature of the beast. Yes. It's so big. Um, so, you know, curriculum is set up years in advance. Um, at independent schools and specific to Ombre, curriculum can be changed um, to reflect what's going on in the world, um, you know, to re reflect uh, your environment. You know, if there's environmental changes that you want to speak about, you can actually do that. In the public system, there's so many layers mm -hmm. um, to go through before you can make those changes. So customized learning can, you know, for example, I was in my office the other day and I, I saw a teacher um, and student together doing some work and, and the, the student was coming to them and they were in grade 10 biology. And she was like, I really want to go beyond some subject, you know, in, in biology. And the teacher was like, okay, well, here's, I brought in a university book for you. Awesome. And this is, these are the chapters that you can do. You can read ahead and come back to me and we can, re you know, review them. So there is that type of learning. It's just, again, it's small class size, which, you know, um, you can't beat that. I, what does small class size mean? Well, small class size means that you don't have, you know, in some um, uh, public system, um, schools, you could have in your calculus class, you could have, you know, 40, 50 kids, mm -hmm. um, at Armbre, um, the max in your senior school would be, uh, 22 and the, the max in the junior school would be 18. Um, so you just have the environment where it's, you know, kind of the teacher to student ratio is small. And, and then when you talk about, you know, grade 11 and 12, and you're talking about calculus and pre-cal because kids can choose their subjects, you know, Hogan was in a class of, six kids in his calculus class. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, you know, he had 27 kids or 22 kids in his senior school class, but only ch a few, only five chose to take calculus. 
Wow. Yeah. That's so, incredible. Yeah. So you really you really get the Oh, you get that special attention, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, Redford didn't go to no independent school. No. So again, um, so I have, again, I said I have two kids in the, um, independent school, uh, system and Redford, my middle boy didn't, um, had a really, you know, great, um, uh, group of kids that he was hanging out with and he didn't want to, um, leave that group. And, um, he, uh, and then was very passionate about basketball and, um, wanted to, um, play, um, for his, you know, senior high school. And so, you know, I'm, you know, in several discussions, he's, you know, he's a bright kid. Um, would I like him to be in an independent school environment? Yes. But what's best for my son is that he's happy. And, right. um, so, you know, you make those choices. I, I'm not, I say this to every parent who I, you know, talk to with regards to recruitment, you have to make the choice, um, what's best for your child. And I don't necessarily agree with the child making the decision, but I think it has to be a mutual decision for sure. I don't let my kids make decisions on much until they're 19. <laughs> and it would be that battle too, I think, if you were dragging someone, kicking and screaming. Yes. I mean, again, like, uh, you know, this goes back to what you're all about and finding your sparkle. Um, Absolutely. You don't, you don't want to burn anybody's sparkle. If that's what their passion is, he's, you know, really passionate about basketball. I, um, you know, I think I have to, um, do my best to kind of make sure that he has all the things that he needs to, um, do what he's passionate about. But it, it means listening and communicating, right? Absolutely. And that's sometimes we take that authoritarian approach with our children and say, well, too bad. This is what you're doing. You're going to go in French immersion or I don't care what you say. You're going to go in this private school and too bad. And then yeah. you have a rebellion. <laughs> that's right. I mean, you have to, you know, people I've all, you know, I've listened to a lot of people over the years and I had great, um, uh, you know, mentor in my parents, um, as parents, they were, um, unbelievable parents and my mother's still alive and she's an amazing mother. Um, but she, they really, you know, they were very much, you know, make your own decision, but we're going to, um, you know, kind of, you know, assist you with those decision-making processes. And, and I feel the same way. I mean, I think it's important that you listen to what your children's needs are and then work together to try to make sure that they happen. I mean, not everything is going to happen the way you, they like it to. And that's part of life. Exactly. And that's a lesson that we have to learn sometimes. Right. Yeah. And it just, I just have to say this because it reminded me when I was a teenager, my mom used to threaten to send me to sacred heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's true. Um, you know, it can be used. I mean, I, I, I think it can be used as a, you know, cause kids, you know, kids who are in an environment where they're going to the public system, you know, it's, it's hard to leave your friends yes. and, um, it's hard to leave what you know. Um, but, uh, I think, um, for some children, um, and for some teenagers, it is the best decision that they could make. Um, but again, totally, uh, has to be a family decision. Right. So what advice would you give to someone who's sitting on the fence and, and their child is sort of sitting on the fence where they don't know, you know, they, they see some opportunities in the independent school, but again, it's that whole, I don't want to leave my friends mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm okay just sort of skimming by and it doesn't matter if I don't get the grades that I would like. I think that, um, for those people who are sitting on the fence, I say, come in and spend a day, um, at the school, um, and, um, and talk um, to the teachers and to the administration. I think that if you're sitting on the fence, 
that it's an, a really incredible opportunity um, because they really, you know, the, the one thing that you're going to get is that um, specialized treatment. You're going to get, um, so if you're, you know, uh, for example, we had a student last year who was at um, a public school work to rule happened. She really wanted to get into med school. That was her kind of goal for the future. So, and, and volunteering and, you know, having good grades was really important. She came to us, she flourished. Like I can't, she came to us in January in the semester system. That's really challenging. Right. She excelled, um, and, you know, got into three or four schools with scholarships. Um, and you know, uh, it was a real positive experience for her. And that's the type of story that to me, um, again, they both came together. It was tough for her because she had to meet a whole bunch of new kids. In, that would be. Yeah, in January. Wow. Um, but she was, uh, she really flourished. So, um, again, it's just something that you, um, I think, give it a try. That's great advice. Yeah. And and I love that, you know, everyone is so individual and you really do get that attention. Yes. And, figure, and it's an opportunity for kids to figure out areas where they like and where they may flourish or maybe have that extra attention to, you know, to ask those questions, like the example with the biology. I mean, sometimes kids are bored. Yes, absolutely. Well, for the most part, I think that's the case. Yes. Um, But yeah, you know, in a small environment, you can see a kid that may be really great in drama and say, hey, you should try out for the play. Right. In a large environment, that's more challenging. Yeah. Not that it doesn't happen, but it's more challenging. Absolutely. And it can slip by a lot easier. We're almost out of time, but one final question for you. Where do you find your sparkle, Suzanne? I find my sparkle in my family. I find my sparkle in my husband and my children. It, they really, um, that's why I get up in the morning. And um, uh, it really, um, you know, if someone said to me that I would have three boys and a husband and I would live in a house in uh, Bedford and, you know, when I was 18 years old, I wouldn't have imagined that it would be as wonderful as it is. So um, I every morning I wake up and I say, even though it's challenging some mornings, oh, yeah. I say, thank goodness I have this life. That's amazing. And you know, I love that you're so positive and I love that you're thankful and you, you live in the moment. You do all those things that, you know, so many of us. All we have is today, Jennifer. Oh, you're right. You are so right. We're definitely not promised anything. No. It has been an absolute pleasure having you here. It's been my pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. Always love talking to you. Is there any final words before we go? Um, no, just thank you so much and what a great show and what a great opportunity to, um, you know, for you to send sparkles out to everyone. <laughs> well, that's the goal. <laughs> Even if you just get a chuckle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're here to entertain. That's right. <laughs> Thanks so much, Suzanne. And thank this you. show has been produced by Jim Francis and it's Jennifer Stewart signing out of Find Your Sparkle with Jen. And we'll see you next time on CIOE 97.5 FM.